between Passover and Shavuos, we have a special mitzvah called Sefirat HaOmer, to count the Omer. As it says in this week's parsha, Usafartem Lachem Mimachras Hashabbos. In Leviticus 23:15, it states, "And you shall count to yourselves from the morrow of the day of rest." And the Rambam, Maimonides, in Positive Commandment 161, states that this represents the mitzvah of Sefiras HaOmer, that each individual is to commanded to count 49 days from the second day of Passover until the holiday of Shavuos. What is the meaning behind this counting? And what is the purpose of this counting? So the Sefer HaChinuch tells us in Mitzvah 306, he says that, Ikaron shal Yisrael And that is that the essence of the Jews is the Torah. And this is the reason why God created the world. And this is the reason why God took the Jews out of the land of Egypt. As it says, God told Moses that I'm taking the Jews out of Egypt so that they shall serve me on the mountain. So it says the Chinuch, that the idea of Usafartem, to count, started with the Jews. When the Jews heard that God was taking them out of Egypt in order to give them the Torah, they were so excited that they began to count every day, when are we going to get the Torah? Today we're one day closer, another day closer, another day closer to receiving the Torah from God. And that is the basic idea of Sefiras Omer, and that is to desire and to have a, a burning passion to receive the Torah once again on Sinai from God on Shavuos. For every year there's a new revelation. Every year God once again comes down to the mountain. And every year we have the ability once again to receive the Torah from God. And this concept is beautifully expounded upon in a letter to Rabbi Shlomo Karbach from the Rebbe. The Rebbe writes him a letter. And he says that what was Mitzrayim? In those days the Jews were physically and intellectually in bondage. And they were so low that when Moses brought them the message of deliverance, they did not listen to Moses. However, in a comparatively very short time, they reached the highest spiritual level humanly possible to attain. And why was that, says the Rebbe? Because of the fact that the Jews had a burning desire to the divine science the Torah, and counted every day in eager anticipation of that event. And therefore, says the Rebbe, the lesson is that every Jew, regardless of how low he is, or how low he has sunken, and to the darkest and coldest abyss that he may find himself, that Jew has the ability to pull himself out physically, and spiritually, and to attain the highest spiritual and intellectual and physical levels in a very short time, 
if they truly have a burning desire. And God will remove all obstacles to allow them to reach that place. That is the message of Sfirah Sa'imah. It's not only between Passover and Shavuos. It's any time throughout the year that a person desires that he wants to change and he wants to pull himself out, he has that ability to attain the highest spiritual levels in a relatively short time. So this is the basic concept of Sfirah Sa'imah in a nutshell. However, I want to talk about a special day in the Omer. A special day in this period, which is perhaps one of the greatest days of these days of the Omer. And that is Lag Ba'omer. Lag means Lamid Gimel. Lamid equals 30, and Gimel <clears throat> equals 3. For every letter in the Hebrew alphabet has a gematria, has a numerical computation. So Lag Ba'omer simply means the 33rd day of the counting of the Omer, the period between Passover and Shavuos. This day is a day of celebration. Jews throughout the entire world celebrate this day with parades and taking children into the parks. It's also a custom that the children play with bows and arrows on this day of Lag Ba'omer. What happened on this day? Two very important events. Number one is at the beginning of the second era, the second century of this era, of the common era. Rabbi Akiva, a great teacher of the Torah, had 24,000 students, 24,000 of his greatest disciples, passed away in this very short time, in these 33 days. And on the day of Lagba Omer, they ceased dying, they stopped dying. And because of this great event that they stopped dying on this day, we celebrate this day of Lagba Omer. The second occurrence that happened on this day was the Rajbi, also known as Rabban Shimon Bar Yechoi, who was the greatest disciple of Rabbi Akiva, many years later died on this day. And we know the day that a person dies, and especially a great holy tzaddik, all of the great teachings of Torah and all the good deeds that that person accomplished and amassed through their life comes together on this day. So on that day of Lagba Omer, Rabbi Shimon reached the highest level possible. Rabbi Shimon was the author of the Zohar. And even though there were other great sages in that time who studied both the Nigla, the Talmud, and the Zohar, the hidden Torah. However, the unique quality of Rabbi Shimon by Yechoi was that he removed the barriers between the hidden Torah and the revealed Torah. The other sages also studied revealed and the hidden. But they study these two teachings as two separate subjects, two separate entities. Rabbi Shimon had the ability to bring them together to unify these two levels of Torah and make them one. Now the fact that both Rabbi Shimon passed away on this day, his greatest day, 
the day he became one with God, even though he said throughout my entire life, I was one with God, on that day of his death, he truly became one with God. However, the fact that he died on that day, it means that this day represents the essence of Rab Shimon. Furthermore, the fact that the 24,000 students also stopped and ceased dying on this day alludes to the fact that the essence of this day is so great that it brought an end to this plague, the death of the students of Rabbi Akiva. So what is so special about this day that brought about these two great occurrences? Perhaps we can understand this by establishing a fact and that is that Lagba Omer always falls out the same day of the week as the holiday of Purim. Plag, plag. The word plag stands for Purim and Lagba Omer. This concept of Purim and Lagba Omer being the same day gives us some insight to the quality and the uniqueness of this day of Lagba Omer. What happened on Purim? tells the Gemara that that when the Jews received the Torah on Sinai in the year 2448 on the Jewish calendar God put the mountains over their head He took Har Sinai, Mount Sinai and told the Jews, if you accept the Torah, good if not, boom, you're over and the Jews said, of course God will accept the Torah so really we were coerced into the Torah it wasn't a good marriage. We were forced into this relationship. And in truth, for the next thousand years, the Jews complained and said, you know, it wasn't our fault. We never asked for it. God really provoked us. He pushed us. He forced us into this relationship. So you can't blame us if we don't keep the Torah. That was until the holiday of Purim. When Purim came along... Haman wanted to destroy the Jewish people. And he said, because you don't bow down to me, you're all dead meat. And anyone, any Jew that decided he was going to bow down to Haman, and bow down to the idol that Haman wore, would have been saved. But yet we don't find that one Jew was willing to do this. And the entire year they stood in a state of self-sacrifice. And they said, we would rather die as a Jew than live as a non-Jew. What happened? What happened on Purim that changed this paradigm? And the Megillah hints to it by saying, Kimu that the Jews accepted upon themselves what they started on the holiday of Shavuos. Why? On Purim, they voluntarily connected with God. And the reason is, because on Purim, the panemius Hanishama, the inner part, the essential part of their soul was revealed. On Shavuos, only the external part of their soul was revealed, but not the internal part. And because the external part of their soul was revealed on Shavuos, their connection was only on an external level. But on Purim, that their internal part was revealed, now they had a direct personal relationship with God. And we are told 
that why is it that on Shavuos the external part of the soul was revealed and not the internal part? Because on Shavuos God only gave the external part of the Torah. He did not reveal the internal part of the Torah. The Penimius Torah, the Kabbalah. The Kabbalah, which is called the secrets of the Torah, the inner part of the Torah, is also connected with the inner part of the soul. And therefore, on Shavuos, the external part of the Torah was revealed, only the external part of the soul was revealed. Purim, the internal part of the soul was revealed, and on Lag Omer, which is the passing of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochoi. We call this the day of the giving of the internal part of the Torah. The esoteric level. The secrets of the Torah, the Kabbalah, the Matan Torah, the giving of this Torah, we say was given on Lagba Omer. And therefore Lagba Omer reveals the essence of the soul of a Jew. And this is because it is actually the 33rd day. In other words, the word lag in reverse spells out gal enai, open up my eyes and allow me to gaze on the secrets and the wonders of God. The secrets and wonders of your Torah. This is the day of lag Omer. It was the day that we received the Kabbalah, the esoteric level of the Torah, through the Rajbi, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechoi. And this was the day that all of the barriers of the esoteric and the exoteric level of the Torah were removed. And now everything is unified, everything becomes one. And because this is the day of Gal Enai, that we open up our eyes and we see, we see how everything is one. It was on this day that the students of Rabbi Kiva also ceased dying. Because up until then there was a barrier between the students of Rabbi Akiva. As the Talmud tells us, they did not respect one the other. They saw the divisiveness, they saw the difference between each other, they saw the separation. However, came the day of Lagba Omer, the day of Gal Enai, open up my eyes. When you open up the eyes, you're able to see the Panimius Hanishama, the essence of the soul, we realize that we are truly one. And once you realize that, there's no longer divisiveness. And therefore that ceases the plague, and no longer was there any type of death. And this is the reason why on Lagba Omer, Parents and children together go out into the field. There's no longer a generation gap. The parents and the children together go out into the field and play. And today we have parades with parents and children and teachers and children to bring out this Jewish unity that truly exists between all types of Jews, more religious and less religious, right-wing and left-wing, we all come together and we parade. The idea of parading is that we march. We know that the difference between a Jew and an angel is that angels are called static. They are standing. They only have one foot. They don't move. However, Jews 
and humans in general are called mahalachim. We have to always move. We always have to truck. We always have to go higher and higher. And so the day of Lagba Omar reminds us that we have to continue to move from level to level and to remove all barriers that hinder our growth and hinder this continuous movement from one level to the next. Now, why do children play with bows and arrows on this day? So we are told that the reason is that in the days of Rabbi Shimon Bayechoi, a rainbow never appeared in the sky. Now, why is that a great thing? The answer is because the Talmud tells us when you see a rainbow in the sky, you have to worry. Because when did the rainbow appear for the first time? After the flood. After God destroyed the entire world, 40 days and 40 nights, He brought a rainbow to the world as a peace treaty to promise the world, as He told Noah, I will never bring a flood again on the world. And to prove it, He presented the rainbow. So therefore, every time a rainbow is seen in the sky, we get worried. It reminds us that really there should be a flood. God is angry at the world, but you know what? He's not going to do it, because he promised. He promised Noah that he won't bring a flood. So therefore, when we say that in the days of Rabbi Shimon by Yechoi, there was never a rainbow, what are we saying? That Rabbi Shimon was so great that he was able to protect the entire world. As Rabbi Shimon says, clearly, that if anyone in the world deserves divine retribution, I will protect them. In my merit, I can save the entire world. So Rabbi Shimon Bayechai technically protected the world, and therefore there was no reason for a rainbow. So one of the reasons children play with this bow and arrow is to remind us of the rainbow that did not appear during the days of Rajbi. But there's another answer, which is more of a positive answer. And that is the Zohar. And Rabbi Shema Yechai was the author of the Zohar. The Zohar tells us that when Mashiach will come, the prelude to the coming of Mashiach, we will see a beautiful giant rainbow in the sky. And the colors will be magnificent. They will illuminate the entire sky with these radiant colors. And therefore, when you see a rainbow, says the Zohar, await the coming of Mashiach. And so on Lagba Omer, when we celebrate the life of Rabbi Shirin Bayechoi, who is the author of the Zohar, and in the introduction to the Zohar it says, with this holy book, we will welcome the coming of Mashiach. Therefore, we go out into the fields with this bow and arrow to remind us that we await the coming of Mashiach by celebrating the life and the legacy of Rabbi Shirin Bayechoi and in his merit and with the study of the Zohar and with Panimi Torah in general, the study of Kabbalah and later through the study of Hasidus, we will prepare the world and truly await the coming of Mashiach. So therefore, this is truly 
a special day. And incidentally, halachically, there's a question whether or not you should make a bracha when you see a rainbow. And there is a bracha that one recites. And the question is, do you say it or don't you say it? Now the, the custom of Chabad is that when we see a rainbow, we do say the bracha. Now what's the real question? The real question is, is it a good thing or a bad thing? So if it's a bad thing, we're not going to make the bracha. If it's a good thing, we're going to make the bracha. And therefore, a Hasidic Jew, a follower of the Kabbalah, one who studies the esoteric level of the Torah knows when he sees a rainbow, he is reminded that Mashiach is about to come. And therefore he makes a bracha. Bracha means to bring down. To bring down the rainbow into reality. To bring about the coming of Mashiach. The Rebbe was the one that really started the concept of Lagba Omer parades. And I, as a child, had the great zuchus to be by many of these parades, living in Crown Heights, down the block from 770 Eastern Parkway. And furthermore, my, my, great, my grandfather, a blessed memory, Rabbi Jacob J. Hecht, was the actual MC. He was the master of ceremonies of the parade. He was in charge of getting everything together. He introduced the Rebbe. And when the Rebbe would speak to the children, the Rebbe would pause after a sikh, after a small talk, my grandfather would translate. The Rebbe would talk again, my grandfather would then translate. And then a third time the Rebbe would speak again, and my grandfather would translate. And at these parades, we also had floats. And I had a personal story with one of these floats, and I've said it in the past. And the, the story goes like this, that my uncles were in charge of our school to produce the float. In other words, all the schools made floats. Beis Shrifka, the girls' school, made floats. Mechon Chana, the Balchuva girls' school, made the floats. Hadar Torah, the Balchuva boys' school, made the float. Alotoyda made a float. Lubavitch Yeshiva made a float. Maristan made a float. All the different yeshivas made floats. And all of these floats had beautiful Jewish concepts, Jewish ideas especially themes that the Rebbe spoke about the few months leading up to the parade. When I was a young boy, the theme that year was and that is to know God in everything that we do. In all your ways, you are to come to know God. In other words, know God not only when you're in the shul davening. Know God not only when you're studying Torah. Know God not only when you give charity. But you are to know God in everything that you do, even when you work, to work with integrity and to see God in everything that transpires. So the basic float was, you had one boy on one side, getting up in the morning saying, Modani and washing his hands, Negolasser. Then you had another boy davening, praying, another boy playing baseball and wearing his yarmulke and tzitzis, even though he ran around the bases. And then you had another boy uh, davening mincha, another boy eating lunch. And all of these things were done within the, in the spirit of knowing God. And finally you had the boy going to sleep at night. And that was me. And we had a bed on the float. And I had my blanket and my pajamas. 
And I was very excited to show off my pajamas to everybody. I had these little trains, different colors on my pajamas. And everybody's wearing nice clothing and I'm wearing pajamas. And I'm so excited. Look, look everybody in my pajamas. And I was like a mannequin. You know, I was saying Shema Yisrael like this, Shema Yisrael, practicing. Then I'm going to bed and saying Shema Yisrael. And it was a big job, but someone had to do it. So I was doing this. And obviously, I was fortunate to be picked because A, my uncles produced the float. And B, my grandfather was the MC of the parade. So I was very lucky to be able to be in the float. <laughs> in the meantime, each float went right by the river. And I'm in the meantime excited about my pajamas, you know. And I don't, I don't even realize I'm going right in front of the Rebbe. All of a sudden I see like the Rebbe eye to eye. And I start doing, you know, my Shema Yisrael thing like this. And I'm really excited. And I'm hoping the Rebbe is looking at my pajamas. And, you know, I'm a little kid, but I'm really into it. And all of a sudden the Rebbe turns to my grandfather and tells my grandfather something. But I don't see a thing. I'm saying my Shema Yisrael. I'm doing my job. And later after the parade... Guys came over to me and they said, you know, the Rebbe spoke about you to your grandfather. I said, what? You mean he liked my pajamas? <laughs> and they said, no, 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 you don't understand. The Rebbe told your grandfather the following. Wo is sein cushion? Where is his pillow? Now, I forgot about this story for many years. And many years later... People said to me, tell me a personal story you had with the Rebbe. So, all of a sudden, I reminded myself of the story. And I'm thinking, what is the meaning of the story? So there are two thoughts that come to mind. Number one is, the Rebbe loved every Jew. The Rebbe loved all humanity. And the Rebbe was concerned about our needs. Not only that we have the essentials, that you have a bed and you have pajamas. But the Rebbe was concerned that we also have a pillow, even the luxuries. Because every human being, and especially every Jew, is considered to be a ben and bas melech. We are a son and a daughter of God our King. And if we are princes and princesses, we deserve the best. So Vu is Zayn Kushin. Where is his pillow? But number two, We are told that the greatness of Rabbi Shimon by Yechai is Kedaihu Rab Shimon Lismaich Alav Bishas Hadchak And that is Rabbi Shimon is so great that we can rely upon him in a time of difficulty. The Rebbe was the Rab Shimon of our generation. And the Rebbe says like this, you should know there are times that life is not so smooth. There are times that you're going to go through difficulties. There are times you're going to go through hardships. And there are times that you might fall spiritually. But you know something? I am there to pick you up. I am there to lift you back up. I am your pillow to catch your fall. I am the Rab Shimin. You can lie on me and rely on me. I will lift up your head. I will bring back your pride. I will give you inspiration. And I will give you 
that purpose that you need to move on. So this is the message of Lag Ba'imr. It's a time that we go out into the field. It's a time that we unite. It's a time that we remove all barriers between God and humankind. Between the esoteric and the exoteric. Between parent and child. Between one Jew and the other Jew. All the barriers between the Jews and the nations of the world. It's a time of peace, a time of harmony. And so, by making a positive resolution that we are going to do Sfirat HaOmer, that we are going to lift ourselves up from the lowest level of Egypt, and we're going to move up to Sinai. We will celebrate, God willing, this Lagba Omer with the big parade. The parade with all of the ancestors of Avraham and Yitzchak and Yaakov and Sarah and Rivka and Rachavalea. And we will march, we will march from Golos, from exile, all the way to Jerusalem, all the way to the Temple Mount, and to see once again the revelation of God with the Third Holy Temple, Bemheira, Bemenu, Amen. Amen.